give me your worship, I'll give you your wholeness now. Give me your worship and I'll fill every void up. I believe there's an exchange that's gonna happen with your The floor is yours. The floor is yours. No song, no script, no routine. The floor is yours. Rada Baba Shika Taparabashandi Makali brotondo sikando Rata baba barokokotorikite manda lebrata ilibrokotondo robosha leba baba sokorekete rokotando shata manda daraba sheketetete lokotala bokotondo robo reta ilibratondo siketando rokota makaya daraba shande kata Robobo sheke libos kotondo robokotondo 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 robokota shaba rokotore mata yadadaba shakata parabakata orokototo rababa sheke tete lababa shakata ilibrokoto welcome to the quorum as you come in just press in and give god the glory just bless his holy name jaka ikaparaba sheke tete Manda yalaba shanda daba roko malaba shata la brokoto reke yalaba shada baba bando shakata radaba seketete mobobobo shata manda karaba shande kete holy spirit you are welcome you are welcome in this room of god when you come in room things change we're expecting an exchange Manda yadaba shande debo raka papa pate debo bosha mane debo shata radaba baba bando shekata ila bratando sekita rokoma rokototo rabashande debo Father, we bless your name for you are holy and you are holy to be praised. You are worthy and you are worthy to be praised. Leba kataburu vusha, rata makata barabasha, okotai libaba, 
Mande ketetete luprokoto rekaila bashanda kata. Lord, we have come. We come to raise an evening sacrifice. Maya labokoto rabashata rabakata. We come, God, to gather around the quorum. Yeda bashata papaparokoto rabashanda raba. We come to transact librakata. Manda yada bababa with the one. Abakata la bababa shikita who has the sun hidden in his shadow. Lebashande kata baraba shikita te. Lord, we come to transact, Lord God. Lebada bababando shakata la bababa shikita te. Who spoke the sun and moon and stars in existence with the power of His word. Lebra ikapa. We come to transact, O God. Rekete burokoto rababa with the one roko mama who holds the water of the earth in the hollow of his hands. Lord, we come to Heaven is calling There's an open door Heaven is coming There's an open door Heaven is coming There's an open door Glory is Oh God, to hear the words of the Lord. We come, oh God, to the word, to feed on the scroll, to sit at the feet of Jesus, to take away the distractions, and be like Mary, oh God, sitting at your feet. Mala brokotora basha lebra ikapapa mande shata baraba shedaba rokoba rokotoro bokotara bashanda daba baba we have come oh god leda bashanda daba to understand mysteries and mysterious of things hidden from time past ekala baba from the foundation of the earth rede bashando dubu reketa rababa babando shata rokoba baba you said to call for a quorum oh god a quorum, a minimum number of people who can exact and transact your will on this earth. Lord, from June the 16th, oh God, every Wednesday we have come, oh Lord. We've offered up a sacrifice. We are offering up a sacrifice, Lord. And we're asking, oh God, we are declaring that we are not content with the watered down Christianity. That's pervasive in this world of God. We desire to go deeper. We desire to pour out our life. Mando Shadabaraba like a like a drink sacrifice of God, like a praise sacrifice of God, Rekata. Lord, we desire to steward gifts. Mande Kitarabasha. Mande Kototo Rabashadababa. Mande Kete burdens. Lebra Katarokoto and callings. Leba Katamarokoto. Lord, we are thankful, God, that you speak Lebrakata to the set man face to face. But Lord, as it is your desire that none to perish lord it is only right that it, you desire that all of your children should desire and speak to you face face lord so in this in this session god we desire to hear and to learn how to hear from the voice of the living god there is none besides you god you are god and you're the high and lofty one your train fills the temple 
your train through the temple so lord we desire lord that you lord you teach us how we we cattle and bound the very thing that we were created to cattle and bound we apprehend the thing that we were created to apprehend lord enough of our hustle no more of our hustle it's all about your agenda it's your will of god it's your will that we are pursuing we are pursuing your will speak from eternity now speak from eternity now king eternal most wise god invisible yet all creation declares your glory for the earth is the lord and the fullness thereof the world and all that dwell in the world is still full of sin oh god teach us how we can impact the world how we can touch heaven and change lives for that lord we consecrate our lives and we turn our lives over to you in the name of jesus Oh, we worship you tonight. Come on, everybody around the world, just lift your hands wherever you are. I may not be able to see you, but God can. Lift your hands, lift your hands. Give him glory, give him glory. Give him glory for what we are about to experience together. For what we are about to transact in together. Jebradorie kabrados kepedede Zapranonte bedikaila Zevedidi buruku seberketala Labo sebende likada bahaze gedidi Zanta raboborie ketebe Zigredeborie ketebande likidi Zigedebo latalabobo zegedi Zavradoborokoti Lamando te libra kadedebo zigedi Zigede de Boboboroko Tibrananan de Riketi Zigede Boria Katabaha Zigrede de 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 Boroko Sinananana Zigede de Bo Zigere Baran Toroko Brodi. You are worthy. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. Malakatiba Eleketeboa. Zatabara dende rekitaba Zeprodonde rebeleketilara dabashada dabuliete 
zigerere boli eketete zabaradonde dikadibedede zigerede oh hallelujah oh hallelujah oh hallelujah glory 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 and father we thank you for tonight we thank you for what we are about to experience in you and with you spirit of the sovereign lord spirit of the sovereign lord speak to us speak in us speak through us open the scrolls of your word to us tonight that we may drink wine from the cup of zion that we may eat bread from the table of the lord almighty that we may be satisfied from the abundance of your house unto you be all glory all honor all power we give you our worship now and forever let's bring it down a little bit now and forever oh hallelujah 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 amen welcome everybody back to the quorum it's a wednesday um wednesday just stand a little bit long a bit more just again again wednesdays have uh, become my favorite day of the ministry week if you know then you know sundays are good uh but i have a special bond with the wednesday crew uh <laughs> right tony because if you um if you take out the time on a weekday evening to seek the lord odds are that you are serious i get my tablet please that would be amazing uh, and let's just take down the the keys completely so welcome tonight we are in week two of the mini series how to hear from God my tablet yeah week two how to hear from God uh, it is a seminal um, a seminal series uh, because like I said last week We'll get the video worked out, everybody. Just give us a second. Like I said last week, I'm of the I'm a firmly of the opinion that the most important thing, in fact, the first thing, both in terms of priority and order or, or importance, that must be done when a new believer comes to the Lord is to teach them a working grasp of the art, skill, and and, and, and rudiments of being able to communicate with the Lord. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I rail about. It seems to be, um, well, I don't know if it seems to be, I believe it is one of the assignments of the apostolic and to a Okay, 
Siri. Um, or it's not even Siri. What's the Android version of Siri? Alexa. Sorry, Alexa. I apologize. Uh, but it seems to be one of the assignments of the prophetic and apostolic offices to bemoan what is, quote unquote, wrong with the body of Christ. Um, and when you're young, you do it disrespectfully. You do it self-attentionally. You do it uncouthly. But as you get older, you, you, you draw a line between being uh, confrontational and negative and always having a problem with just understanding that the office comes with an intrinsic picture. It's one of the things that separates a true apostolic gift or a true apostle, sorry, from somebody who is simply apostolic in their assignment. Apostles have an inbuilt picture, intrinsic picture, what the standard of God's kingdom should be. And so when we see and experience anything less, there is this grinding of the gears that makes us go, eh, this ain't how our daddy wanted it. Uh, and perhaps, and you can tell, sorry Alexa, I wasn't trying to call you, you can tell to a large degree the area of your apostolicity, if you're called to the apostolic, by what areas of the body of Christ really grind your gears. In essence, when you see stuff that is so frustrating to your spirit, when you compare it with both scripture and also the intrinsic picture uh, of what the kingdom of God should be according to scripture, uh, then to a large degree, you have found your assignment. And perhaps in no way have I been most, or have my gears been more ground in the last 20 plus years of ministry for me than the area, Tony, of a walk with the Lord, a faith in God that has been presented to a generation where it is entirely possible for the modern day believer to live, quote unquote, serve God and die and not have a working grasp on how to, for themselves, connect to and relate with the, the God that they claim to serve. Let me repeat. I'm not talking about the fact that believers don't have the ability to hear from God. That's not what I'm bemoaning. That would be bad by itself. I'm bemoaning the fact, Tony, that the kind of faith we have sold sorry, to this generation is the kind of experience, the normal Christian experience does not now require or put any pressure on the believer to need to be able to hear from God. That to me is the bigger catastrophe. And of course, um, I have a theory on how it happened and you don't have to agree with me, but it's my theory, and I have the mic right now. When you have the mic, you can postulate your theory. My theory on how this happened is very simple. When a generation of believers, and especially Christian leaders and ministers, lack the experience of something, simply because many times they either have not been exposed to it, or worse still, right, have not paid the price Someone say the price. the price. They've not paid the price that is required to walk in it. 
they will simply put it down to it not being important. Secondly, they will teach it in many cases to the coming generation or to those that they lead as not being important. In essence, they will water it down so they can justify their lack of a grasp on it. So when a generation stopped paying the price to press into the Lord in deeper dimensions for the gift of the spirit like healing, we simply explained it away as healing is no longer for today. We'll get the, the video sorted out in a second, guys. We simply explained it as healing is no longer for today. Why? Because if healing is no longer for today, right, then I don't have a responsibility as a preacher, as a leader, as a Christian to place a requirement, a demand on the scripture that says these signs or these signs will follow those who believe. So I can get away with not having the signs that the Bible says are crucial to being able to demonstrate that I'm a believer. It's very nice to say healing is not for our day because there is no price to pay to not be able to walk in or to, there's no price to pay for Now, I do need to do something to pay the price for that gift. And so be very careful when we take scriptural positions that make our lack <laughs> of, of certain scriptural markers easy to explain. If you're going to go against the grain, go against the grain the hard way. I respect your opinion when you differ from the grain in an area that puts pressure on you to put up or shut up. I don't respect you if your convenient theology is easily explained by your lack of capacity to push and press into some things. Can I get a witness, somebody? And so let me repeat, oh, by the way, um, welcome everybody once again. And thank you to everybody who's a, some of you love me so much that you're already sending me birthday messages today. And I feel so loved and special. Uh, by the way, the birthday's tomorrow, uh, but thank you. Keep the messages coming in. It's good to be loved. Uh, we appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, everybody's been asking me, well, not everybody, a couple people have been asking me, uh, how they can be a blessing. We'll put that up on the screen in a little while as to how you can give or send anything in if you want to uh, celebrate my birthday. I appreciate it. I'm a bit shy about these things. So last week we started this series on how to hear God. And we established five things. I know, by the way, if you stick around till the end tonight, um, I want to, as my way of 
celebrating my birthday with you. I want to pray for you uh, and make some prophetic declarations and trust God to open some channels and pour out some things where you are concerned. So don't don't go to don't go anywhere before we are done tonight. And just ignore the flashing up and down. We're trying to sort the uh, the video out. We will get it uh, dealt with. Not too uh, many moments hence. So we established some key things that we wanted to accomplish with this series. And I must warn you in advance, this is likely to be a four-part series, not just a three-part series. So <laughs> Tony's excited. Amen. It's likely to be a four-part series. So um, these were the five things that we set out to accomplish as part of this, as part of, as part of this series. Number one, to establish a clear-cut scriptural basis for the fact that every believer should, and I make no apologies for this next word, must be able to communicate with God for themselves. That was number one. We wanted to establish from scripture that this was a right and a clear marker of genuine God-ordained apostolic Christianity. And I think we did a good job with that last week. There's a few things we didn't get to because of time, but because, again, time is not on our side, what we're going to do is the first three weeks, we're just going to plow through stuff. Whatever we don't get to cover in those first three weeks, thank you, Chrissy, as we go along. By the way, celebrate my media team and my personal uh, uh, team in the house with me today and virtually. Um, anything we don't cover in the first three weeks, first three weeks, we will mop up in week four with a question and answer session. So we don't want to get so bogged down in trying to finish every single part of every single week's curriculum that then we then get behind by week four and there's no way to catch up. So... Whatever we don't cover, I'll just make a note of it. We didn't cover this in week four. When we start to deal with question and answer sessions, we'll make sure that those are adequately covered. Amen? Cool. So, uh, where are we? So, number one, Chrissy, just put that back up for me again. Uh, Mommy, I did it well. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, ma'am. A clear scriptural basis for the fact that every believer, not every believe, every believer should and must be able to communicate with God for themselves. And like I said, I believe that was the major thrust of our time together last week. Now, number two, which is going to be the major thrust of our time together this week is establishing from scriptures, establishing from scriptures, sorry, um, the ways or the biblically valid ways that a believer can and should hear from God. So it's not enough to say this should be happening. We then want to look at how the Bible prescribes that this happen. Um, very important. And then number three, we want to, this is going to be next week's major assignment then, we want to deal with the myths and the errors that have crept into the body of Christ surrounding this issue. So how, what are the, the mistakes and the misconceptions that have become widely accepted in many cases in the body of Christ 
concerning this issue of hearing from God. Uh, because we need to deal with them. We need to deal with them. And then number four, we want to build, and we're going to do this throughout all four weeks, all four, all four weeks of this month. As we do these first three things, we want to build a desire. Somebody say desire with me. A desire, a passion, and dare I say, a godly obsession that cannot be quenched for hearing God for yourself. We want you to become so consumed in a godly way with a desire to be able to communicate with the Lord for yourself that nobody can talk you out of it nobody can explain you out of it right and nobody can nobody can cheat you from it and then number five we want to activate in you the faculty of being able to communicate with God it's not the, it's not good enough to tell you something should be and to develop in you a burden and a passion for it if we then leave you hanging. And by the grace of God, we ain't going to leave you hanging. Amen? By the grace of God, we are going to press for this thing until God makes himself known. Until, like Moses said, the desire of Moses, all God's people are prophetic. Alrighty, so let's get straight into today. So yesterday, last week, sorry, we began to deal specifically with the issue of, um, one second, what's going on here? We began to deal specifically with the biblical case for being able to hear God and interact with him. Uh, the, the playlist for this entire uh, series will be in the video description. I highly recommend that if you haven't already listened to week one, once you're done with today, you will be able to benefit from today without listening to week one, don't worry. But the minute, the second you are done with today, once you get home, um, I strongly recommend. and therefore you can also talk back to anyone who tries to tell you well you know it's not necessary just read the bible that's the only way god speaks and all that nonsense <laughs> yes it is nonsense tony all that nonsense uh, that is used to justify like i said an in a simple inability by the average believer uh to exercise this function and this faculty so let's go back to Hebrews chapter 1, shall we? Hebrews chapter 1. Um, that's where we came from. That's where we started from. And that's where we're going to return to beginning from this week. So Tony, if you want to find Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 in your Bible, uh, come and take the microphone, come and let the people of God hear what Hebrews chapter 1 has to say.
God who at sundry times and in diverse manners. Sundry times. In diverse manners. Spoke in times past. Spoke in times past. Unto the fathers yes. by the prophets. By the prophets, yes. Having these last days spoken unto us by his son. Thank you. God who at diverse times, meaning several times in history, and in sundry manners or sundry ways, meaning different ways, has spoken to our fathers through the prophets. God is a speaking God. Somebody tell me, but God is a speaking God. Say, God is a speaking God. God is not a silent God. He is a what? He's a speaking God. It is in his nature to speak. All right. It says there that he in many different ways. So there is more than one way that God speaks to a man. Now you notice he says, in the time past, he spoke to our fathers via the prophets. So in the Old Testament, it seemed that there was a monopoly on hearing the voice of God that certain individuals had. Not because this was God's original intent, but a combination of the fall of man and the continual apostate sliding away of society and even Israel from God caused a break in transmission. So in those days, he spoke at sundry times and in divers manners unto the fathers by the prophets. But verse 2 says, in these last days, he has spoken unto us, someone say us, by his son, son in capital S. Now, as we established last week, Jesus had died and resurrected by this point. So Paul could not be saying that the only way God spoke to us was through the physical words of Jesus. He says, in these last days, spoken to us by his son. He then says, whom he has appointed here of all things, he did not appoint him here of all things until after he rose from the dead. So Paul's making it clear, he's not talking about the physical life of Jesus. He's talking about the office of the Christ. Someone say the office of the Christ. Why is this important? Because we must then understand all the ways in which God speaks to the modern day believer as being filtered through the office of the Christ. Someone say the office of the Christ. So if you cannot trace a manner of God speaking in our day and age to quote and unquote the office of the Christ, then it is not safe to assume that that manner is biblical. On the flip side, if you can trace a manner of God speaking to the operation and the manifestation of the office of the Christ, then you can, someone say you can, then you can attribute that that forum through which you believe God is speaking to you or someone else is biblical. Can we establish that? Now, when we talk about the office of the Christ, remember, 
Christ is not Jesus' son name. It's the word anointed Messiah, the anointed king. It was a pre-prophesied office and system. The same way hell and heaven are not just geographical locations, they are systems. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of hell. I don't know if the Bible does, why we say the kingdom of hell? It says kingdom of Satan. So when the Bible refers to the word Satan, for instance, Hasatan, it means adversary. It's not talking about a particular, it's not, the word Satan is not a personal noun. It's an office and a system that can be occupied by several entities at several times, but even at one time goes far beyond just the head of the entity. Jesus said, for instance, if Satan's kingdom is divided against itself. So when I talk about the office, for instance, of the president of the United States, it's not just Joe Biden that that office refers to. And it doesn't just refer to every single president who's ever held the office. It's talking about the staff, the systems, the operations, the policies, the structures, and the infrastructure that goes into delivering the purpose and the activities of that office. So when we talk about the office of the Christ, we're not just talking about Jesus who is, quote unquote, the Christ in the way Joe Biden is currently the president of the United States of America, or Boris Johnson is currently the prime minister of the United Kingdom, whether or not you want him to be, he is. It's the truth, you all had a chance and he survived, so let's move on. Um, we're talking about everything and every person that goes into administering that office. It is a paradigm shift. So, when we talk about hearing God through the office of the Son, we are referring to every personality and every system, structure, or technology that goes into the delivery of the office of the Son. An obvious example is Jesus said, it's better for me to go that the Father may send you another comforter, he says, right? He then says, he will take of what is mine and unpack it for you. So, he's making it clear to his disciples that the office of the Christ that began with his pre-death phase, but was instituted when he died, rose and taught his disciples the kingdom and revealed himself to them. He's saying, understand everything the Holy Spirit is coming to do as an extension of my office. Are you with me, somebody? You must understand everything that the Holy Spirit is coming to do as a what? Extension. Somebody say extension. As an extension of my office. Somebody say, hmm. That's very, very important. It's very, very important. Does that make sense? Very, 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 very. So we now know from this very clearly, right, that the Holy Spirit and his function is a part of the office of the Christ, right? And so when we say God speaks in this season through his son, we also now understand that this clearly and in fact in 
importantly must include the activity in the office of the Holy Spirit. If you're with me, say yes. One more time, if you're with me, say yes. All right. So, secondly, Jesus then shows us in his pre-death phase, like I said, you must understand his office as his pre-incarnate phase, meaning in the Old Testament, before he was born on the earth, there was a pre-incarnate office of the Christ. The Bible says that he explained to his disciples when he died and resurrected the guys on the road to Emmaus, he says he preached to them himself in the law and the prophets, meaning the office of the Christ was existent in the Old Testament. That's the pre-incarnate phase of the office. Then there is the incarnate phase of the office, which is the 33 and a half years he lived on the earth. And when you get to my age and you realize you are now significantly older than Jesus was, at, was when he was alive on the earth, it should force you to fix up, look sharp, and pursue God for all he has to do in and through you with even more vengeance. Can I get an amen, somebody? But then there is also the post-incarnate phase of the office, which is what he is doing now after having died and resurrected. But in the, in the incarnate phase, he told Peter, put your sword away. He says, I can call. Someone say, I can call. 12 legion of angels right now to get me free. In essence, he's making it clear that the angelic is a part of the office of the Christ. If he can summon the angelic, it means it is within the jurisdiction of his office. Okay, so is an angelic visitation, as we see with Paul in scripture, a valid means, we also see this with Zechariah and Mary, are these valid means of God talking to man? Yes. Why? Because we can trace them clearly to the office of the Christ. Are you hearing me, somebody? Okay. Now, the Bible calls the church the body of Christ. Right, Tony? It also calls us his bride. His body of whom we are the head. So, is another believer giving me a prophetic word from the Lord, a valid means of God communicating with me? Yes, because we can trace that to the jurisdiction of the office of the Christ. Are you hearing me? The Bible says that he upholds all things. Someone say all things. This is Christ now, by the word of his power. Not the power of his word. The word of his power. In essence, it's the word upholding it, and the word is what distributes the power. It's the other way around in our thinking. So, the Bible then says, the heavens are telling of the glory of the Lord. So like the Hebrews did, and like I've told you, is biblical. We must not release these things completely to the occult while we apply biblical boundaries to them. Can God speak to us through the heavens and the manifestations of what they are doing, the sun, the moon, and the stars? Yes. Why? Because he upholds all things by the word of his power. So the heavens themselves are an extension of the office of the Christ. Now, slow down, sir. I know what somebody's thinking. Slow down, sir. You're, you're making this too broad. In essence, you no, know, I got you. How do I... Now, the fact that something is within the potential jurisdiction of the office of the Christ, how do I separate what is 
his manifestation from what could be an ungodly, demonic, or humanistic perversion. Very simple. I'll show you as we go on today. But the summary is this. His office is not just the technology. It's the will and the character of the holder or the head of that office. So when I say I'm praying in the name of Jesus, I can't wield his authority outside his will and nature. And so we must then learn the gift or the ability to discern. And really all the gift of discernment is, is on autopilot a process. Someone say a process. There is a biblical pattern of discernment. The gift is when that pattern operates on autopilot. The same way there is a biblical process for faith, the gift of faith is what happens when God overrides the process with an autopilot. But you, 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 your gift of discernment is usually drawing from the foundations of the biblical process of discernment on autopilot and overdrive. I'll explain that in week three and four. And so the key then becomes, how do we discern from what is a potential valid manifestation of the voice of God? The heart of God and the mind of God consistent with what the Bible says he is. Can we, let me put it this way. Now, I, 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 I'll, I'll explain this in more detail next week, but let me just put it out there for your understanding. This is something I teach when I do schools of the prophetic. Uh, and I'm looking forward to us starting one soon in Casey. I've been outsourcing, well, I've been doing them outside for a while, but I'm looking forward to putting together now the first ever consistent ongoing school of the prophetic and kingdom culture it's time to for charity to begin at home we must learn to discern the form of god before we can trust the voice coming from the form i need to be able to discern the contemporaneous presence and activity of god in this expression before I download from it what he is saying. And one of the biblical principles for this is Paul on the road to Emmaus. He sees a light and hears a voice. We see this with Moses at the burning bush. He is, his attention is caught by the bush. Then he turns aside, then the voice calls out to him. God will get your attention when he's speaking. He'll first establish his presence and his activity, the validity of his, his form before he expects you to trust the voice you are extracting from that form. Of course, one of the most obvious components of the office of the Christ is the Bible right the word of god in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god right now the word here is logos he then says he the word was made flesh he dwelt among us logos means the understanding the character the 
the inside, the body of knowledge about who God is and how he functions. He then says that word dwelt among us and was made flesh. So Jesus on the earth, while he was in the incarnate office, was the bodification, the humanization, the, the, the distillation of how God thinks, how he moves, how he rolls, how he functions, his value system in a human context. He then says about the Bible, he says, you are searching the scriptures because you think the scriptures will show you or give you eternal life. They won't. Meaning, Tony, you can quote the scriptures all you want. In and of just quoting the Bible doesn't give you the life promised by the Bible. He says the scriptures testify of me. Meaning, what the Bible is written about, what is written about in the Bible, is a doorway for testimony. Now, you got to understand the word testimony is what the Bible uses to describe the Ten Commandments in the box of the Ark of the Covenant. So God's idea of testimony isn't just saying, I saw him slap his wife. No, that's not testimony from what God is saying. His, what he means is the way that the Ten Commandments testify of God. When he says, thou shalt, thou shalt not, he's saying, if you follow these principles, you will see what I intend for you to be and know manifest. So Jesus is saying the Bible and its message, its instructions, its promises, its rebukes, its, 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 its stories, its history, its poetry, if you give yourself to them, they will lead you to understand. Oh, Shay, that's for week three, how we turn aside. Write that down, that's important how to turn aside, bear that in mind. Um, so the Bible is in essence, in a similar way, the testimony of him. Meaning it's part of his office. It's one of the doorways to experience and understand the reality of who he is and especially what he's saying. Now, let me make this clear before I go on. I said something last week which I stand by, but I want but haven't listened to my message again. I realized there was some ambiguity in what I was saying. So I want to make sure nobody misunderstands what I'm saying. It's regarding the Latin phrase sola scriptura, which simply means scripture alone. Now, I make a lot of I make fun, especially in private with a lot of my friends who are part of reformed theological circles. And they know, they know I, I, I mean no harm uh, about how this phrase has been bastardized. I do believe in sola scriptura in the essence. What I mean is I believe in the supremacy of scripture as the test for everything that is part of the office of Christ. Christ is not schizophrenic. He doesn't have multiple personality disorder. And I mean that sensitively. I'm not attacking those who do. Y'all know my personal story and history with mental health. I'm saying he does not, he, he's not, he's not disconnected from himself. He's not a different person in different manifestations. While there may be different manifestations of his office. So uh, the office of the prime minister, there is the prime minister, right? There is the, there is the cabinet. Uh, actually, let's, let's leave the UK because the UK is a bit different. 
office of the president of the United States. There's a president, there's a vice president. In fact, that's a different office. There's a, there's a, there's a press secretary, there's a press corps, there, is, there are ambassadors. So, there, you know, there's the education secretary, there's, there's the White House uh, a legal team. There's very many manifestations of this office, but there is a congruence that you expect to them flowing from the head. So when the press secretary says something that does not line up with the talking point or the narrative or the understanding being set from the top, you see them come back and correct themselves. I'm sorry, you asked me a question yesterday. I said something, I jumped the gun. What's happened is the president's called them into the office and given them a whooping and saying, how dare you say that? That does not represent me. In the same way, the office of Christ is not disconnected in its expressions. And since scripture is the only objectively codified part of the, of, of, the, of the office of Christ, in essence, the Bible is the only component of the office of Christ that has been subjectively written down as a standard. I just gave you an example of the ministry of angels being a part of the office of the Christ. True. But then there is no objective standard for how angels operate outside what the Bible says. So you can come and tell me an angel told you to rape a child. How do we validate that? How does the angel come and defend himself and say, I didn't say so? So the scriptures were given to us as a codified component of the office of the Christ by which we judge all other parts of this office. So if something violates scripture... It cannot be part of the office of the Christ because he would not dictate himself. The Bible says it was written or the Bible says that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, which is quote unquote the vice president in the office of the Christ. So he would not codify himself in a way that would be inconsistent with the other expressions of himself. So, sola scriptura is correct in we can quote and unquote use scripture as the sole source of verifying what the will of God is, what is godly, and what is scriptural. And if it go, in essence, if it does not line up with the Bible, we can very confidently put it aside. However, the theological perversion of that understanding is now that if the Bible, in essence, that the Bible is the only way God can speak to humanity. That's how some people in the Reformed theological circles have taken, in essence, the only way God talks now is the Bible. And that's what I was addressing last week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is very clear that it is not the only way God speaks. <laughs> Now, it is the only way we can verify that the way you are saying God speaks is kosher. But it is not the only way God speaks. And in fact, it is not a, an exhaustive compendium on everything God has to say about everything there is to say something about. Uh, slow down. John says in his gospel that I simply wrote what I thought were by far the most important things you should know. 
He said, if all the things Jesus did, now remember, that's the office of the Christ. He's speaking to us through his son. We were told in Hebrews 1. So one of the clear ways to understand what God is saying is what he did through Jesus while he was on the earth. John says, if all the things Jesus did and said were written, the entire world would not be big enough to contain all the books that would need to be written about it. Think about that. The Bible itself is admitting that it is not the exhaustive compendium of everything Christ ever did and said. However, there is nothing he would have done and said that would violate what the Bible records about what he did and said. So we use scripture not as a weapon to say, if the Bible did not say you should pick your nose, you can't pick your nose. No. We use scripture as a guide to understand if this phenomenon is consistent with the broad and narrow depiction of the mind of God on an issue. If the Bible expressly says this is correct, end of story. If it expressly says this is incorrect, also end of story. If there is not an express, express opinion either way, we then have to understand what the general and big picture tenor of scripture is on that area, which is where there, is, there becomes a debate between theological schools because two different people may uh, interpret the gist of what God is saying about the issue slightly different. And if the Bible is completely silent on an issue, hear me, in the Bible, meaning there is nothing you can deduce from it, express or otherwise, if it has not, in essence, there is not one verse of scripture that is, has anything to say about the matter, God may be saying, I am not concerned largely with what opinion you form. As long as it does not violate a clearly delineated or expressed uh, concept from scripture. Are you with me so far? I need to lay that foundation. Are you with me so far? Okay, so let's move. Let's move. There are eight, like I told you last week, in my opinion, some may say nine, some may say seven, uh, but I believe that there are eight distinct, well, eight or nine, actually, because the, one of them, I, I agree that one of them can be separated into two. I lump them together because the Bible seems to lump them together, but they're actually one A and one B. So you could say there are eight or there are nine clearly enunciated. Now, I'm using the word clearly because if you come up and show me 10, 11, or 12, and you can back them up with scripture, I won't fight you. I'm not one of those arrogant people who believe that when God shows me five things, anybody who comes with number six is a demon. No. Bible says we all see in part, we prophesy in part. I'm, I'm telling you, I am extremely secure in my insufficiency as an avatar of God. No one man can be a complete replica 
of representation of the fullness of the mind and power of God. So I'm, 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 I'm secure enough to, to do my part and give my part. I see eight. I'm more than welcome or more than open to somebody else showing me nine, 10, 11, and 12. But these are the eight that I see. I want you to write them down. In essence, the eight, to me, from my opinion, from my study of scripture, the eight undisputable dimensions of the office of the Christ through which God speaks to the believer. Now, I'm going to go through some of them today from scripture. I'm going to go through the rest of them next week. But I want to list all eight of them for you right now. Are you ready? Let's go. Um, again, don't worry, everybody trying to reach me. I, we will put up on the screen uh, before today is over how you can uh, reach out to me to say happy birthday. Thank you very much. So number one, the inner voice. So the inner witness. Actually, sorry, the inner voice. Voice. Now, most people start with the inner witness because they say that is the most fundamental part. And that's one of the errors we're going to correct next week and the week after. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. The inner witness is not the foundational way God speaks. That's how, that's how I was taught growing up. The, the foundational way God speaks is the inner witness. And then for deep people, the inner voice. No, ma'am. No, sir. I believe the Bible is clear after I read it myself. That the foundation of how God speaks to every believer or wants to is the inner voice. Not witness. The inner witness is number two. What's the difference between the witness and the voice? I'm glad you asked. I define the inner voice as an internal flow of inspiration from the Lord with clearly articulated language. Internal flow, inspiration. Now, the inner voice I am going to deal with all by itself in the fourth week. That's two weeks from now. Because this is the foundational one. This is the one that, in my opinion, every believer must have according to scripture. So I want to leave it its own week to go into it in detail how it works. But it is internal. Somebody say internal. Internal. Type inter internal in the comment section. It is a flow. Somebody say a flow. And it is by inspiration from the Lord. And it comes with clearly articulatable language. Now, the inner witness is also, inter it also internal, right? It is not a flow. It is what I call a pulse. Right? And it does not come with clearly articulatable language. Let me explain. I could be walking down the road and God says to me, it comes from nowhere and I, I'm going to show you all this. We're good. For those of you who have taught this in Bible college in the past, uh, you know, Habakkuk chapter two, I was down on my water. We're going to do with all that good stuff. By the time we're done in week three and four, you will be God hearing machines because it is actually, it is very simple to hear the voice of God, the inner voice. 
when you know what you're looking for. In fact, I would say the average Christian is, is hearing or is exposed to this voice every day, but hasn't learned to tune their radio to clearly decode it. So you're walking down the street and God says, call Tony. That's an inner voice. Now, it'll be eternal. You wouldn't hear it externally. It'll be a flow. Someone say a flow. It, 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 it'll just, and it'll be by inspiration. Your spirit will light up. There'll be this reset. Something will just come in, but it has clearly articulatable language. And the reason I call it a flow is when you really grow in your ability to hear this voice, you know that many of the times what you say was God speaking to you was the opening sentence of a flow. If you know how to work that flow, call Tony will become, call Tony because A, B, C, D is wrong and he needs you to deal with this. But until you grow in your capacity to hear God, many believers can only ever hear the beginning or the end of a flow. One of the ways you work the flow is by journaling. That's why Habakkuk said, write the vision, make it plain. Because the Bible says we prophesy by the measure of our faith. It is difficult to protest and process entire paragraph sentences and, and, and pages of God talking to you before your, your brain starts to interrupt and say, are you sure this is God? Yeah, uh, well, the, the, the chickens in the oven, all that kind of stuff. So journaling or, hear me, speaking in tongues. The Bible says when we speak in an unknown tongue, our understanding is unfruitful. So when you see people, humbly like myself, who walk in the prophetic, when this flow begins to come, when you see a man say, and, and, and God is telling me that you, then he goes, Rabba, baba, shata, daba, bai. A mature prophet understands that the moment that flow comes, my mind starts to fight it. Is this really God or Satan with distractions? Me speaking in tongues does two things. It edifies me. It builds me up upon my faith. But it also kicks my mind out of the equation. It kicks my ability to corrupt what God is saying by my own thoughts out. So you will notice mature, genuine prophetic gifts usually intersperse prophetic flows with speaking in tongues one it builds up my faith it sharpens the connection but secondly it stops my brain from corrupting the flow are you with me and so either by writing and or by speaking in tongues if you can work a flow you notice that 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 instantaneous voice is usually an invitation to a conversation the witness is not so. The inner witness is a pulse. There's nothing else behind it. Now, the pulse can move you to communicate with the voice, but the pulse will tell you something is right, something is wrong, something is ready, or something is not ready. It is what we call the check sign, the, 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 the traffic light system. Don't do this, do this. That person is kosher, that person is not kosher. There is nothing else behind that pulse. 
You can pray all you want and the witness will not carry on. It'll be the same feeling over and over and over and over again. I'm going to give you examples of all this from scripture. Don't worry. It'll be the same feeling over and over and over again. This feeling of dread. You're about to sign a business contract and every time you pick up your pen, your spirit goes cold. You can pray for four days and that feeling will not progress. It's a pulse. It's a, God has said all he needs to say. He's saying no, don't sign it. Or there's this feeling of peace and joy. Now, many times the witness is an invitation to pursue the voice, but they're different. Now, I'm going to show you all this from scripture. Stay with me. Now, many believers have been taught that the only thing you can expect as a birthright is the witness. And the average Christian runs on the witness alone. In fact, most Christians don't even have the witness. They've disobeyed it so often. They eat too much. They, they, they open themselves up to too much uh, 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 carnal, or should I say, unspiritual, because something doesn't have to be unspiritual to be carnal, but too much of the affairs of life, too much secular music, too much secular entertainment, too much, listen to me, even if you're married, too much sex, yes. It's not, my mom's going to shoot me now. Too much food, too much uh, Alton Towers, too much of things that are okay in their own right, but in excess, dull your spiritual capacity to connect with a language that is not human. But the average Christian pats themselves on the back simply because they are very sensitive to the inner witness. So they can easily pick up on the, on the emotions or the opinion of God about a thing. But they have no access to the flow of intelligent, articulated language from the realm of the spirit about why the witness has come. So, the sons of Issachar understood seasons and times. You can argue that's an example of the witness. It's my season. Pause. But they also understood what Israel ought to to do that is not a witness that's a voice david had <laughs> david had ziglag okay, no no let me let me david had ziglag this is an example david had ziglag david says his wife and children have been stolen the men want to stone him he takes the ephod, Urim and Thummim. Again, Urim and Thummim is wrongly presented as an example that all the Christian needs is the inner witness. Many people teach, and I agree to a large extent, that Urim and Thummim is an example of the inner witness. The two prophetic stones on the heart of, a, of the priest that would glow based on what God was saying. True. But the Bible says when David consulted Urim and Thummim, he didn't just know he was to pursue. God said, pursue overtake listen and without fail thou shall recover all so behind the witness was a voice was a what a voice and we're going to deal exclusively with the inner witness the inner voice sorry and to a lesser degree okay let me give you some examples of the inner witness as against the inner voice or as against the voice in general uh, and how the inner witness on its own can get you as a believer in trouble this is one of the um 
one of the misconceptions I'm going to clear up on week four. For instance, my pet peeve <laughs> uh, is the corruption of the verse that says, be careful for nothing, but in all things in prayer and supplication, make your request no good for God, and the peace of God will guard and rule your heart. And so many believers are now justifying a laziness to pursue the mind of God and explaining it as the nebulous word, I have peace about it. Now, if you are as old as I am in God, <laughs> to God be the glory, Tony, if you're as old as I am in God, you know that many a person has wrecked their lives by a wrong decision that they were adamant they had peace about when they were making it. People are taking a wrong job, married the wrong person, relocated to the wrong place, started ministry the wrong way or at the wrong time, and at the time they were adamant they had peace. But when you ask them, what did God say? Well, I didn't hear anything, I just have peace. That is not biblical. The Bible says, when you come to God and you make a request known, including for guidance, he says, the peace of God will guard and rule your heart. From what? Be careful from not for nothing. Meaning, be anxious. So, the peace of God is the gift of God to fight the voice of anxiety. It tells you, relax. I've got you. Stay here. I will speak. So the peace inoculates you from the, at the adverse effect of anxiety. So when he does speak, you can hear him clearly. The peace is not proof that what you really wanted to do. Because many times when people say I have peace, what they mean is, I came to ask God with a preference in mind, and since I have peace, he must be okay with my preference. The devil is a liar. When will you learn from wrecking your life over and over again based on peace? If I hear one more Christian tell me that they have peace about something based on what I know was originally their preference, my enemy will have a conniption, not me. Peace is not a valid form. I'm jumping ahead to week four now. It's not a valid form of the voice of God in and of itself if it is not accompanied by something else that I'll show you. Naomi, deliverance really has come. Christy, can you put that comment on the screen for me? I want to help you stop wrecking your life. The Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Listen, your heart can deceive you as to peace. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's, 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 let's go. So let's look at some examples of the inner witness. And I'm going to show you valid examples of the inner witness that are designed to make the point. Right? That in and of itself, it is not enough. Is it a way God speaks? Yes. It's a valid way. But in and of itself, it is not enough. Come with me to Exodus chapter 2. I want to introduce you to a young, as at then, a young man called Moses. And you know what? Let's put this up on the screen, y'all. Do I have your attention now, everybody? Good. If this is the only sermon you ever hear me preach, please listen. 
So Exodus chapter 2, not 3, chapter 2. Let's look at the inner witness to prove that it is a valid way to hear God, but can be a troublesome way. That's the only way. All right. So, Exodus 2.11. It came to pass in those days, somebody say those days, when Moses was grown. My face out. Moses was grown. Someone say when he was grown. That's a different sermon altogether. Some of you need to wait to grow. That he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. He looked this way and that way. When he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Pause. We know this story, right? Okay, now let's look at a few verses earlier. Actually, one second, sorry. Let's look at the sorry. Let's look at the New Testament ver, uh, perspective that of this story from Stephen's perspective. Okay. So Acts chapter seven. So we see now, first of all, Exodus 2 says, in those days when Moses was grown, when he was mature, he went out to his bread and he looked on their burden. So this, this is the foundation. Now look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 7, sorry. Acts chapter 7, let's go to verse 20-something, I believe it is. Verse 20, 23. Okay. When he was full 40 years old, in essence, when he was grown, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of God, of Israel. Someone say his heart. It came into Moses' heart. It's an example. Listen. Of an inner witness it's time to go to my people and what happened next <laughs> he kills the Egyptian spends 40 years in the wilderness let's now go back to Exodus chapter 3 same Moses same God right let's go to Exodus chapter 3 Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the backside, came to Horeb to the mountain of God. We'll talk about that in week four. Uh, that one of the ways you can trust it's God's voice you're hearing is that you went into God's presence. That, 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 that's, just, that's, just, that's, just, that's just a foretaste. Uh, if, you, if, you didn't make a, if you didn't make a journey into the place of God, I don't mean the church, I mean if you are not disciplined enough, Tony, to travel in the spirit when you're inquiring from God till you are clear and sure that you have arrived at the throne of God, not just in your mind, but in the reality of your spiritual experience. 
you might not want to trust the echo from the throne if you didn't get to the throne to hear the voice. But, but I digress. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame out of fire out of the midst of the bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burned with fire. Uh, let's go back. And the bush was not consumed. Moses says, I will turn aside and see this great sight while it is not burned. Listen. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God, he called out unto him. Someone say called out unto him. And we know what the rest of the conversation said. Go and do what came into your heart to do 40 years ago. So we now know that that coming into his heart could not have been the devil because this was the will of God. But you see the difference between just the witness and the voice. Clarity. Intelligent communication. So, every believer should have access to both. The witness is designed to get your attention. The voice is designed to explain or communicate specific insight instructions, warnings, or simply just intimacy. The witness is usually emotional. The voice is usually intellectual. This is the way I like to think of it. The witness is crude oil. The voice is refined petrol or diesel. The witness is easier to receive. The voice is more profitable to direct. And God will speak by a mixture of both when you, when you get matured. Because there are times where there is no time or you are not in the emotional or intellectual or spiritual state to correctly download the voice. There are times where you have a, you, in essence, you're walking out and something says, stop, and you stop, and a bus whizzes past. God didn't have time to tell you there's a bus coming, stop. Oh, Shay, good question. See, with the exception of scripture, all these eight other ways I'm about to show you can also be another spirit speaking to you. Thanks for asking the question, which is why I said we're going to have to deal with in week three and four how to actually discern the form of the spirit talking to you. Every other way but scripture can be duplicated by another spirit. Yes, that's the sad reality. So be careful. I'm glad you asked the question. You're my head of syllabus student this class. Well done, I should send you a gift. So where was I? There are times, situations, circumstances, seasons, or simply by the sovereignty of God. Sometimes God wants to test you to see if you will respond to the witness without instructions, without clear explanations. But for whatever reason, there are times where the witness is applicable. But hear me, Tony. The, wit the witness is never enough to make critical life decisions. Hear me especially to make decisions in the direction you already wanted to, do, to go because your heart can many times simulate the witness. 
Hmm. You can use the witness to confirm the voice you think you are hearing. You can use the witness to send you back to God to clarify what you thought you heard that is out of sync with the witness. You don't make critical life decisions. Who to marry? What university to go to? Only based on the witness. Now, can you be right? Yes, you can. I would not risk my future on a pulse that I haven't taken time to process with the one who gave me the pulse. Let me, let me say that because I, I really wanted to run through the other seven. So let me just go quickly. Um, let me give you an example. Tony, if I'm out in town, uh, okay, when I was a kid, you know, I know, I know you, you children today, you have rights. And I bless God that today's children have rights. But, you know, Tony, when we were growing up, um, you had a right to be alive. <laughs> right? Uh, and so you could be out there and there's a situation and you look at your mom or dad and they give you a look. That's the witness. Now, you can tell from the look that there's something you've done or said or about to do or say or eat. <laughs> it happened a lot when you're somewhere and like, are you hungry? No, because mom was like, that's the witness. It's communicating pleasure or displeasure. So you can use the witness to say, I better stop what I'm doing for now. But... Unless that, wit, unless that look has been pre-explained to you, you can't use that look alone to determine the exact thoughts going through your mom or dad's mind. You know that they may not be happy with this. Now, for instance, she could be saying, don't eat because I've cooked for you at home, right? She could be saying, don't eat because this person might be dodgy. Does that make sense? She could simply just be saying, let's go home. I'm, I'm, I'm in a rush. Don't eat because we need to go. So, wisdom would say, when you get home, say, mom, what were you trying to say? Now, there's one clear, and in my, well, in my experience, there may be more, but there's one clear exception I have seen to this in my walk with the Lord and from scripture. It's called a sign. And it is biblical in some cases. We'll look at this next week. There are times where God can pre-explain a sign to you and say, Tony, every time you feel this witness, this is what I'm trying to do. For instance, I have a witness for when it's time to stop preaching and start laying hands and moving in the spirit. Because the first few times I felt it, I went back and I said, Lord, what was this about? He said, he said if you'd stopped there, the person in the wheelchair would have been healed. But you preached past, oh yeah. So, but you preached past it. By the time you were ready to start ministering, I was gone. So now when I feel that witness, I know it's time to drop the mic, get my oil and get busy. So God may, like a parent, pre-explain to you, if you feel this sensation in this part of your body, it means it's time to start to heal, and the person you want to start with 
is a person with pain in that part of their body. Okay. Now, that in itself is not necessarily the witness. We're gonna, that's one of the, the other eight. You know, that's a circumstance or a sign. But some signs can be a witness. Other than that, you don't make critical life decisions. And knowing when to stop preaching is different from knowing who to marry. If I get it wrong, at worst, that person, as horrible as it is, doesn't get healed that day. I'm going to get another chance. If I marry the wrong person, pss. Okay. So, now, let me go through the... I'm just going to read the other seven real quick, and then I'm going to start to go through them one by one like this. So, number three is scripture. We've dealt with that already, right? Scripture, the Bible, the, the, the graphe. Number four, this is where some people divide these two. Number four, dreams and visions. I don't mind if you divide them and get nine. I'm lumping them together because Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, which is my anchor scripture for this, puts them together. God told Moses, or God told Miriam and Aaron, he says, if there is a prophet in Israel, I reveal myself to him in a vision, I speak to him in a dream. So God is saying from that scripture that dreams and visions together are where he interacts with his people. But if you divide the two of them, that's fine. And like I explained last week, a vision is an interaction with an entity, God, any other spirit, uh, a human being who showed up in your dreams. Yes, there are, yes, dream walking, quote unquote, Doctor Strange is actually happening on the earth today. It's not somebody coming from another dimension. A human being who understands the gateways to the realm of the spirit can raise an altar and can infiltrate your dreams. Yes, I, I come from a part where that happens all the time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. A human being can molest you in your dreams, yes. A human being can come and slap you in your dreams, yes. It's not, it's not quote unquote, just a dream. Somebody literally came. They, they were doing something where they were and they entered your dream space. And if anything of that nature is going on with you right now, as part of my birthday present to the Lord, I'm asking for the judgment of heaven to fall on every evil entity, man or spirit, afflicting you in the dream realm. In Jesus' name. May the wrath of God be manifest against wicked and unreasonable men and women who want to make your life misery and, and hell and are using your dreams as a medium of affliction. But a vision is when you interact with the entity. A dream is simply a picture or set of pictures that is passing across to you a message. Number five are prophetic utterances. Meaning another person says, thus saith the Lord. Or sometimes, hear me. Now, see, don't, don't start for, see, I'm listing them, hear me. I'm listing them in the order, in my opinion, in which they start to manifest or should start to manifest in the life of a believer. Why is scripture not number one? Because there are many people God speaks to before they start reading the Bible. That's why I haven't put scripture as number one. I agree it's the most foundational. I'm just saying there are many people who in hindsight started hearing God's voice before they got saved. Before they started reading the Bible. So I'm, I'm saying this is the order in which they usually show up or should show up in a believer's life. Inner voice stroke witness, then scripture, right? Now, you could argue dreams and script, visions even come before scripture because again, there are many believers who are seen or have been seen and hearing God via visions before they got saved. 
But prophetic utterance is definitely number five because by the time you are saying thus saith the Lord to another person, usually there is an understanding of the church involved. Now, hear me. You can prophesy to yourself. Can I, okay, Christy, let me go again. Number one, inner voice. I don't know if you type this out for Christy for me uh, so she can see it. Number one, inner voice. Number two, inner witness. Number three, scripture. You could jumble the first four in any order you want. Number four, dreams and visions. Now, I'm saying, before you start trusting a dream or a vision, you want to have a good working knowledge of scripture and also good working knowledge of voice and witness. Because again, like Shape made it, asked me, Yahweh is not the only spirit who can talk to you by a dream or vision. Number five, prophetic utterances. And like I was saying, you can actually prophesy to yourself. But it takes a heightened level of maturity and experience to be able to trust. Peniel, I believe every believer should experience every one of these except for the last two. The last two are the only ones I believe that it is okay for a Christian to go through their entire life without experiencing. But the first seven or six, if you're a believer, I've, I strongly believe from scripture, you have a right to demand. Because there's nothing in scripture that gives this as any high level threshold. So like I was saying, prophetic utterances, you can actually reach a level of glossolalia, of ecstasies in your spirit where God hijacks your tongue and prophesies to yourself. The same way God can move on me and say, Tony, thus saith the Lord, God can move on you and say, Tony, thus saith the Lord. The pen, but, but like I said, I, I, would, I would make sure that I have moved through the other four, the first four with a degree of, because a, a spirit can also say to you, thus saith that Lord, divorce your wife. When she ain't done nothing. Because you found a newer model. Number six. Circumstances and situations. That there are physical occurrences that can happen. For instance, in Matthew 16.3 and Luke 12.56, Jesus tells the Pharisees, you're, he says you're wicked, meaning this is intentional or this is negligent, sorry. You should be able to discern spiritual things, but you can't. He says, but you can discern the sky and the times, meaning there are things that should happen or that happen in the life of a believer. Listen to me, but listen, but look at me closely. Look, 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 stare at your screen. If you are spiritually sensitive, there are times where God is talking to you via your circumstances. The Bible says David, something happened and David perceived that the Lord had established. This is 2 Samuel 5, 12. That God had established his kingdom. Are you hearing me, somebody? There are times where, and usually, this will be when God has been trying to get your attention and it's not worked. Or... He's trying to make this point with so much force 
that it sends you to go and seek him about the details of it. For instance, John 12, 21, the, the Greeks came to Jesus to look for Jesus and they came to Philip. And when Philip told Jesus that Greeks are looking for you, the Bible says Jesus immediately knew. He then says, the time has come for the Son of Man. In essence, Jesus attributed the coming of Greeks to find him with the season for his crucifixion and resurrection. Are you listening to me? It is very valid for God to speak to. Now, I'm not talking about, Lord, if the next car that passes is red, then he's my husband or my, she's my wife. No, that's not what I mean. I don't, I'm not talking about fleeces. We'll deal with fleeces maybe next week or the week after because fleeces are a kind of this. But there is both a technology and a cadence to fleeces. You don't just make an arbitrary fleece, especially based on what you want anyway or out of unbelief because you don't believe what God is saying. But I'm talking about things that happen in the physical realm. Let me, give, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I'll give you a clear example from scripture. Hosea chapter one. God tells Hosea, go marry a prostitute. Why? Because Hosea marrying a prostitute was a message to Israel. He then says, every child you have, give them this name, this name, this name. Why? Each name of that child was a message. Israel. Does that make sense? Let me give you a practical example. Um, you know, I like to use my own personal life. The problem is when you get to my age, you then have both a wife and children. And sometimes your personal life includes them like i told my wife recently it's part of leading from the front sometimes you've got to so recently tony in the space of two weeks one of my sons hurt his leg the same leg in different parts the thigh, the knee, the foot, right? Several, when I say several, I'm not talking about three, four. At least five times in two weeks. What do you think was going on? The average Christian would just say it's an attack. And could, is it an attack? Yes. But what kind of attack is it? It's a message. It's a message from the spirit realm. Now, it might be a message from the demonic realm, but it's a spirit. See, when something happens consistently, repeatedly, and many times on time in a cycle, your granddad died at 60. Your great-grandfather died at 60. Your dad died at 60. All your uncles died at 60. And now you're 59. Sir, God has been talking to you for a while. Does that make sense? So, I, now, I didn't, I didn't say anything to my wife because I didn't want to stress her out. But one night, when, when the last injury happened, I'd had enough. He was asleep and I went into his room. And I said, okay, whoever is talking to my son or to me, let's have this conversation. Let's have this conversation 
this boy is off limits from now on. An undiscerning parent would have waited till that child was in a wheelchair. There were times where he would re-injure the exact same part of the leg. And how did I know it was a message, Tony? My wife would tell you, when she's cried, oh, so I am like, they're boys, mm, allow them. You know, I believe, I mean, I believe boys will have bumps and bruises, right? But Tony, every time I heard about the injury, the new injury, I literally had to fight back tears. The first time I thought it was me just being emotional because I loved my son. By the third or fourth time, I realized this was an inner witness. Because sometimes these ways of talking to God, they, they overlap. My spirit was grieved that this was happening. God was trying to tell me, this is not normal. Something's going on. Him hurting his leg is a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality. Does that make sense? So, circumstances and situations. Now, in this, I include signs. Like I said, if I'm preaching and I almost spaz out, I literally, I'll get dizzy. It'll be like my head's about to explode. My knees will go weak. A surge of lightning will go through me. You see me grab hold sometimes of the pulpit to keep myself from falling. And if I'm speaking or singing at the time, for a second or two, my words will slur. Now, listen, it is not a seizure. It feels like a seizure. The difference is when you have an epileptic seizure, it impairs your coordination. When this happens to me, Tony, it's like I shift into an alternate reality. My ears open. I start to see things. I start to hear things. And I'm almost guaranteed a 100% success ratio or rating in prophetic ministry, but also in supernatural ministry. So if you come into a service in a wheelchair, I will ignore you till that happens to me. And if it doesn't happen to me, I am praying for you because I don't want to be embarrassed. I'm just being honest. Now, I may pray for you in faith. I may say, Father, please heal this person, but I won't, I won't say, stand up. <clears throat> but Tony, when that thing hits, oh, bring a corpse. Why? It's a sign. It's a circumstance. God is telling me, I'm now on you to move in the supernatural. So, circumstances, situations, slash signs. Number seven is the ministry of angels. Or you could call this number eight, if you want. If you divide dreams and visions. This is one of the ones that I now agree is not compulsory for every Christian. There is nowhere in scripture that suggests to me, or nothing, sorry, from the entirety of scripture. In, okay, let me put it this way. There are such few examples of God talking or interacting with a human being via an angel that I cannot honestly come to the conclusion that this is a method that every believer should experience. But the Bible is clear that it is 
a method that every believer can experience. Does that make sense? So the ministry of angels, and you know, Paul tells the the um, Paul tells the captain of the ship in the book of Acts that, that that he's on on the way to Rome. He says, "Everybody relax. Nobody's going to die." He then says, the angel of the Lord, whose I am and before whom I stand, came to me last night and promised me that he would charge all your lives to my account. Now, there are other places where God talked to Paul without an angel. So for those who like to diminish this method, why does the Bible include it? That was very clear. Paul says, the angel spoke, to, God spoke to me through the angel. He spoke to Mary through the angel. He spoke to Zechariah in Luke chapter, Luke chapter 1 about the birth of John through the angel. The same God speaks to other people in scripture other ways. Why does he choose to use an angel? Well, I have an idea why, but the honest answer is I don't care. He's God. He makes up his mind how he wants to speak. My job is to listen. So I can't say, God, you must send me an angel. No. But I also can't say, God, you sent me an angel. That can be you. I'm not listening. It's all over the Bible. When he came to Abraham on the way to Sodom and Gomorrah, he came with angels. When he got to Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah, it was, or when they got there, it was through the Does that make sense? Was but, but Daniel spoke to an angel, through an angel. John in the book of Revelation both heard, he heard the voice of God come up hither, but when he came up, who did God talk to him through? Through an angel. But, like I said, the ratio of this occurrence in scripture to me is rare enough for me to come to the conclusion that you should not feel bad if this is not your experience. But it is a valid experience that cannot and should not be minimized. And the final one is the audible voice. Now, this is even rarer than angelic conversations. Off the top of my head, some examples of people who heard the audible voice. Abraham, Elijah, um, pardon, Job, uh jesus at jordan and also um not too long before he died saul paul on the road to tarsus who else heard the audible voice in scripture um or the bible make clear there's times where you can infer it now what do i mean by the audible voice i mean god or a spirit, another spirit, a demonic spirit, you can, you can hear an audible voice. But I'm talking about Yahweh here now, God or, or Jesus, making a declaration that can be heard, hear me, by other people but you. Or so loud when you're alone that it comes from outside you. It's not internal. This is reserved for extremely significant and seminal circumstances. 
you should not build your walk with God on the need and desire to hear the audible voice because other spirits too have audible voices and because the average human being likes the spectacular over the simply supernatural there is a an arrogance factor in the equation of hearing the audible voice that carnal need in essence it's not but and also secondly it removes the issue of faith you don't need faith to hear the audible voice it is extremely susceptible to corruption by arrogance or the occult seeking to feel an inordinate desire and like i said even the people in scripture who claim to hear the the bible claims heard the audible voice it doesn't present a pattern of God speaking to a person every day by the audible voice. Now, you could argue that the life of Abraham, there's an argument about was God talking to him by the inner voice or the audible voice throughout Genesis. Let's assume it was the audible voice, right? So let's assume that every single time the Bible says, and the Lord said to Abraham, let's assume they were all the audible voice. Um, we see the first one when he's 75. We see the last one when he's about 100 and something. You can count at worst, I think 11, 12 times. Maybe 13 at what? I've not, I've not counted, I'm just going through my mind. There can't be more than 12 or 13 times the Bible says, and God said. So in a almost, more than 50, so Abraham died 130 something. So from the first time we see the Bible says that God spoke to him, so the last time, we only see at worst 12, 13 occasions where at best he could have heard the audible voice. That's one every four years, five, something like that. So hear me, is it biblical? Yes. Now, I have heard the audible voice in my life, I'm sure once. There's a second time where I think I did, but I'm not, I, I'm, I won't take a bullet for the fact that I did. But there's one time in my life I'm very sure I heard the audible voice, right? So I'm not diminishing it based on experience. I'm just saying, if you are a Christian, as I heard a mentor of mine say about somebody he was mentoring, and you believe that God is talking to you every day via the audible voice, you might want to get a mental health evaluation or a deliverance session. Because I think the Bible's presentation is such that that is not the norm. That is the exception. Most Christians will go their entire life without hearing the audible voice. And there's nothing to feel ashamed about. And even those who hear it, will usually go their entire life without hearing it more than once or twice. Those, now there are people who are prophets who claim to hear it fairly regularly, but they don't claim to hear it every single day. All right, so um, let's, let's begin to round this up. Let's begin to bring this to a boil. Um, so let's go over the nine again real quick. And like I said, starting next week, now I was going to, I spent so much time dealing with the difference between the inner witness and the inner voice that I didn't, 
uh, I didn't really, I was going to do with two or three today from scripture, line upon line, uh, and then the rest next week. But because of time, I'm just going to have, since I've run through all of them now, I'm going to have to go through them, quote and unquote, line upon nine, line <laughs> upon line next week. But let's repeat them again. Number one, I put the voice before the witness simply to explain to you the order of importance or weight. You can order them any way you want. But the inner voice, the inner witness. Number two, or number three, scripture. Number four, dreams and visions. You can put them as four and five if you want. You can separate them if you want. But dreams and visions for me on my list, number four. Number five, prophetic utterances. Number six, circumstances and situations. Number seven, the ministry of angels. And number eight, the audible voice. And as I said earlier, be very careful because other than scripture, each of the other eight can be duplicated or can be approximated by a spirit that is not God or the Holy Spirit. This is why you must know the Bible. Someone say know the Bible. You don't know the Bible just to know the information that comes from it. You know it for it to sensitize your discerning faculties such that when you come into contact with a manifestation that seems similar to God but is not God, the foundation of discernment scripture has built in you will give you a ping. And we'll deal with that more next week. But now I feel something and I want to pray. By the way, real quick, for those of you who are asking, there is the information on the screen. Thank you for the requests for how to say happy birthday this way. We'll take it off in a second, but I promised you we'll get it on before the end of today. So the first is Cash App. The second is a UK bank account. Um, oh, somebody said, I just remember somebody asked me for PayPal. We'll put that on the screen before we go on. Uh, Chrissy, I don't know if you can get my PayPal. Let's put it, but that's how you say happy birthday. Thank you very much. I appreciate those who asked. I'm a bit embarrassed. So now let's move on. Um, but I want to pray for everyone who's connected to me, family, friends, but those of you who followed me ministerially for the last 20 something years. Uh, when you take the keys up. Now, I heard the voice of God in September last year that we were walking into a season of Bukhar in the body of Christ as a whole. Thank you. The gain, not the volume. Okay, put the volume back where it was in the game. Uh, and that in this season, there would be an intense manifestation of certain individuals up a little bit more again certain individuals who the lord had been preparing and molding in the caves of adulam that have been going through the furnace of affliction and for whom in the mind of God the time was now right 
to shoot as arrows from his quiver into a generation that was desperately starved of what he had to offer through them. And he said to me, son, June will be the season of the shift. And specifically to me and to those connected to me, he said, your birthday will be a portal of this transition. I'm not saying this to arrogantly draw attention to myself. I'm just telling you what my father said to me. Hmm, Maria Kodiebedi. And here we are in June. Here we are at the birthday. And now I want to contend. Zila Kora Baba Bojigididi. Sempranondo re babra kita brodo doste bretinando robobroko nina namahadi. Because Tony, I don't want to make the transition on my own. <laughs> I understand that if I try to fly with people hanging on me. That my flight will not go very far. And so my cry to God in this season is that we take flight together. Uh, someone take, say take flight together. The Bible says everyone in Zion is strong. That the least of us be stronger than David. Moses says, I wish that all God's people were prophets. And so tonight I want to pray. If you will give me the next 10, at worst 15 minutes of your time, we'll be done. If you need to leave early, that's fine. Um, oh Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands, lift up your hands. Sunny Nino Labadi Kabadi Etadu Zebra Dilia Ketibaradadai Zabrodon de Ribarakin in Nemoho Shabadi Zebra Duri Kanando Robohoski Dedi Zebredu Zebredu Zebra Quadedo Zebredi Lemradando Rocobre Tikai Lebahadi Zabre doriete, Zabre doriete, Zabre dorie kebredo skibrede, Jabra tuninende ribiaku zabradie cola, Zebredo, 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 Zimando rakata brete nende kadibra atunanda bahatikaila. O Lord, we worship you. We worship. You. 
Lord, I ask for four things tonight. Number one, that every wool in every ear and eye would be removed. That there would be a clear, unmistakable, and uncorruptible or, in, or imitable access to the voice of God for everyone connected to me in this season the bible says we look at next week that the voice of god shakes wildernesses it causes calves to hind the voice of god doesn't just predict fruitfulness it causes it it says the time is coming that the the time is coming that they that are dead shall hear the voice of the lord and they that hear it shall live and so, Father, in this season, I ask for a supernatural opening of our eyes and ears and faculties of our spirit to know and discern what thus saith the Lord. That everyone who's hearing, seeing, and discerning of the will and the instructions warnings and directions of yahweh has been shut down or corrupted that the hand of god would reverse the tide and lord i include especially those of us who have had the technology of our dreams and visions tampered with the inability to remember when we see a dream when we have a prophetic flash Jesus said I only ever do what I see my father do father that the blessing that comes from daily intricate specific guidance an interaction with you and your voice would become the preserve of all of us in the name of Jesus father I pray filtered via your will and your plan and your schedule of destiny that every faculty of prophetic insight for my life my family my ministry my affairs that I have ever been afforded and that I will be afforded in this new season. Lord, filter it by your will, your plan for each individual and your schedule. But if it is your will, your plan, and it is time in each season, then such as I have, I give. As you do it in me and have done it in and for me, Father, release the same to everyone else who is connected to me by love, by faith, by covenant, by honor, and by destiny connection. In the name of Jesus that's number one now number two father I pray as for myself for everyone under the sound of my voice and who is not under the sound of my voice who's connected by each of the ways I just described that as you promised me in this season a recovery of time errors mistakes Yeshala 
that the same would accrue to them filtered by your will your plan and your schedule lord that where lost seasons lost opportunities lost relationships damaged moments where we made mistakes or where the enemy afflicted us and we were negligent to meet force with force wisdom corrupted wisdom with godly wisdom every moment that has passed that is responsible for pain or loss father i declare for us in this season a recompense and a restoration in the name of jesus that the years the locust the canker worm the palmer worm the caterpillar alureke the locust the palmer and the canker worm the caterpillar stole and those years and seasons are restored and they come back with the opportunities and the deposits that heaven had intended for us to maximize father i declare that there is a back date as though we never lost out in the first place that you don't just give us what we lost you give us what we would have now if we had not lost it when we lost it father thirdly i declare over myself and all listening to me or connected to me by any of the ways i spoke earlier that every territorial familial environmental geographical structure and system of demonic activity and authority that has limited frustrated afflicted or denied or delayed the full manifestation of who we are and your will for us is broken i declare lord that the systems that govern cities nations industries spiritual atmospheres families environments pillars of society even silos of demography like gender or or or, 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 or mental health situation that every demonic system thrown power or influence is now impotent to affect or influence the outcome of our lives and destinies that we will live in cities and be unaffected by the demonic structures of those cities we will come from families and be unaffected and father not just will we be unaffected by these things that we become a battle axe each and every one of us to destroy that technology that nobody else ever is afflicted by it in the name of jesus father we pay debts in the spirit generational debts national debts systemic debts environmental debts industrial debt, every debt every contract that the enemy is holding on to to justify lord the frustration and affliction of lives families destinies purposes ministry systems lord i shut down tonight i shut down in these coming 24 hours i ask it in your name lord filter through your will your purpose and your timing not just for myself but for everyone connected to me and listening to me tonight in the name of jesus number four i declare in this season that there is a flow an increase to overflow of the grace for unction wisdom 
favor, consecration. And as a result of all four, natural, financial, and spiritual and human resource. I declare that the goodness of the Lord takes another complexion and another dimension in our lives in the name of Jesus. That the river of the glory of the Lord begins to move, begins to move, begins to move. That where there was dryness, there is abundance. Where there was drought, there is a deluge of your goodness. Unction, favor, wisdom, consecration, and as a result of all four, all kinds of resource human human resources that men and women would make it their lives assignment to favor our righteous cause to cooperate with the dealings of god concerning us to open doors for us to sponsor not just financially but also by opportunity and introduction to sponsor our next level of destiny and prominence that there would be unction the anointing the presence and the power of the holy ghost and as the word says by the greatness of your power your enemies especially those that are the enemies of your purpose for us would submit themselves unto you that wisdom would be the principal thing profitable to direct like it's like wisdom said she was with god at the beginning and it was by her that the pillars of the earth were put in place that she would also be present as the pillars of this next season of dikunara of destiny fulfillment is made manifest in our lives that the grace for consecration to pay prices in discipline prayer fasting uh in in discernment of who and what to connect and not connect and relate with to turn over the plate and fast to walk away from excessive consumption a courier of non-spiritual material to walk in purity and holiness clean hands and a pure heart that, that grace would be released to the overflow and father finally that the resource of heaven the silver the gold the cattle on a thousand hills the resource of favor with men resource of relationships lanure resource of opportunities the resource of the blessing of the lord that manifests as what it needs to come time or situation would begin to flow like never before Father, thank you in this season as a result of each of these requests that you are wiping away every tear from every eye. Lord, that as you answer these four or five requests, that some of us will for the first time see ourselves in the mirror. That the man, the woman you ordained, the man, woman you called, the man or woman you birthed, that the full potential of who and what we are is starting to make an appearance and it will make a full appearance in the name father i thank you as a result of these birthday blessings that those who despised us will return and we would have the opportunity to not hold it against them father give us the opportunity to demonstrate our maturity by reciprocating love and value where there was despisement hatred and vindictiveness 
where we were despised now we will be celebrated and it will simply be the lord being given the glory because we will walk in the fullness of humility i declare lord that our voices are rising in this season and will be reckoned with that platforms of influence are coming because now you can trust us with them like colossuses and titans we will stride the landscape of our generation and that these days and times will be recorded and referred to by future generations as the days in which we by name lived in the days of israel the days of tony the days of a jockey the days of chrissy lord that there would be successive generations who would find a reference point for both history and the dealings of god by what she will do with us shock the world make manifest the exceeding greatness of your power using our lives as templates for your glory and father i repeat that this will not be an one-off thing that as a tribe as a people and i don't just mean members of kingdom culture uh, worship assemblies i don't mean those of you who are part of the wide apostolic hubs i don't mean just those of you who listen and watch in line or in person i mean every single person who by love covenant heart relationship financial connection honor admiration or divine covenant is connected to this grace and this life biologically and spiritually it's a new season it's a new day the tides have turned Lamuri, we serve notice on the enemy that these are the days of our power and our people shall be willing from the morning from the morning from the morning the brightness of your glory will be made manifest and by the greatness of your power your enemies filtered through our lives in essence the enemies of us that are really your enemies will submit themselves to you you will give us the neck of these enemies we will beat them like dust before the wind and blow them like shaft that by you lord in the season we climb through troops we climb over walls that you have to bend bows of steel by our hands our hands strangers will submit themselves to us that the sons of, of foreigners become our vine dressers and our plowmen thank you in this season for anointing us with the oil of gladness that once more with joy we may draw waters from the well of salvation we thank you we bless you we give you glory we declare that now and forever we belong to you somebody tell your neighbor congratulations in advance tell somebody in the comment section welcome to your season of bokar 
I for one cannot wait to see what God has to do and manifest in this season through you. Glory, 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 hallelujah. Um, well, last year was the first time ever that I, I, I've, uh, I have adjusted my usual birthday cadence. Usually you can't reach me on my birthday till very late because I'm away all day. Um, but today or this year, starting from last year, I will be available to answer my phone. So feel free to send me messages and make phone calls. Um, I may not get back to you until much later. I, as of today, I have a backlog of texts and WhatsApp messages. I still haven't cleared from the month of May, some of them, uh, but I will do my best to respond. I'll do my best to get in touch with you and let you know that I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I, I am praying for you. I am asking God. I'm going to be spending time on my knees tomorrow, specifically enforcing the kind of prayers we've just prayed tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing many of you emerge into the fullness. I want to see what you really look like for some of you. In this season, I'm going to see the full Tony. Isha, Daba. Oh, the world ain't ready for it. Amen. And for those who ask, well, those are the details again. We've added the... Um, the PayPal details so you know no pressure but for those who want to know if you want to say happy birthday that's how you do so uh, God bless you a thousand times more let us share the grace tonight I just feel to share the grace tonight I am so excited about what God's about to do I'm looking forward to a season of his goodness the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of his spirit be with us now and forever and surely goodness and mercy will follow us in this season all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever um, before you all go um, don't hold me to this but Casey I'm going to try and attend every single watch tomorrow so I'm going to be there at morning drops of glory by God's grace giving me strength I'll be there at the gap I'll be there at the altar amen and I'll take five minutes in each watch to speak a blessing prophetically now hear me um, at 4 a.m. Hear me by the Spirit. Not tomorrow. 4 a.m. on Thursday morning. So moving in from midnight tomorrow into 4 a.m. UK time. So that's BSD. Calculate the time in your time zone. So 4 a.m. in the early hours of Thursday morning. So technically the day after my birthday, but coming in from midnight of my birthday. Uh, I'm going to open a Zoom room because I'm going to be doing a spiritual transaction for myself in prayer. I feel to open up that Zoom room and maybe even on YouTube for those of you who want to be a part of it. We're going to be commanding the heavens, right? And addressing the unseen realm, especially as it is seen through the firmaments to open up concerning our lives and purposes in this season. We're going to be moving. Don't laugh. I preached about this from scripture. And one of the prayers we're going to be praying at 4 a.m., or I'm going to be praying, you're welcome, is that God will move 
the star of everyone and everything connected to me out of every demonic shadow into its place in the space that God has assigned for us. So if you want to be a part of that, I'll send you the details. Love you guys. It's been nice hanging out with you tonight. Thank you in advance. So no. Yeah, sorry. Thursday. Yes, baby. Thursday going into Friday. So yes, my birth. I forgot my birthday is on Thursday. So Thursday going into Friday, 4 a.m. BST. It'll be the usual. Uh, no, I will I'll send out the well, maybe I'll just take over the 24-7 if prayer culture doesn't mind. They let me take over the 24-7 room to do it. So in essence, we're going to be, I'll be there at 6.30 in the morning for those of you who want to join. Chrissy, can you put the flyers on the screen? These are watches we do every day anyway. I'm just literally going to be there speaking and prophesying and praying over people. So we'll be there 6.30 in the morning. You can take that banner off so they can see the flyer properly. 6.30 in the morning there. And then 12 noon UK time at the Gap. Same details. 7 p.m. UK time at the altar. Same details. And then this is the special one. 4 a.m uk time friday the 10th a special forum to speak into this new season uh finally to everybody who shares a birthday week with me here in kingdom culture i don't want to mention anybody's name because i'm always forgetting one uh but there's a big family i'll just mention a few forgive me if i leave your name out but you know um uh, pastor shepherds um pastor tunji dorinda uh moni um I'm, the, I'm forgetting someone forgetting someone please forgive me but to all of us who share birthdays this week i love you i appreciate you uh like i said feel free if you want to divert anything you want to give me to any of these people for instance dorinda pastor tunji i'm excited for you to do so actually let me do this before i go uh because like some of you know I'll just take that keys out a little bit like some of you know in addition to being an associate minister here at kingdom culture and and one of the best wingmen anybody could ever ask for pastor tunji could you send me that flyer on whatsapp real quick before we close um so uh both my wingman and my friend and my brother pastor tunji and uh, pastor elizabeth have an event on his birthday on the 12th of june uh it is the 12th of, no it's 11th isn't it it's 11th of June, yes. On the 11th of June, that's this coming Saturday, uh, they have an event called the Entrepreneurs Summit. Or the, is it no, the ki the Kingdompreneurs Summit? I'm just trying to see if I can get that flyer real quick. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Where can I get that flyer? I'm so proud of them. Thank you, PT. I got it. Do you have a 16 by 9 version? If not, we'll just use this one. I'm so proud of them and what God is using them to do. Uh, I'm also proud of everybody in kingdom culture and about what is about to manifest, you know, and there is greatness literally held up on the inside that is about to go buck wild in this season. Now, I specifically want to announce this because first of all, um, if you are involved or want to be involved in any kind of business from a kingdom perspective, uh, you should Actually, just just Tony just uh just hide the camera over there and stream yard so just, just take the camera off over there thank you you done it this hide cam cool so you want to be a part of this uh now I want to, as 
my birthday present to my brother right and my wingman he's pastor tunji has been in my life now for 14 years many of you know he was one of the groomsmen at my wedding we all know the joke of him i, I wouldn't say the joke in public it's his birthday this week uh, but i've been thinking about giving him a birthday present and one of the birthday presents i want to give pastor tunji is to sponsor a, a a small number emphasis on small a small number of people who want to attend this summit but who cannot financially afford to now god sees you if you lie to a man of god aka me well ananias and sapphira i'm only half joking but if you sincerely cannot afford it not that you just don't want to give up mcdonald's for a day if you are financially incapacitated you can't afford it but you want to be at this either virtually or in person there's a virtual ticket it's slightly less expensive than the physical ticket i have a number in my brain of how many people i want to pay for if you send an email right now chris just put my email address on the screen to rev israel at kculture.org the first number of people that i have planned for unless god says increase it who send that email i will personally cover your attendance of the event pt don't worry it won't be my only present but i just feel to do that uh and i feel to do this as a prophetic metaphor for what's about to happen not just for you and pastor liz but for everybody connected to this vision and this house in this season so i want to put my money where my mouth is i believe god's about to open amazing doors so if that's you if you want to be a part of this and you can't afford it send me an email tonight uh i will or whenever you see this over the next few days if i haven't met the number by the time you send the email i'll include you when i get to my budget that's it go to raise you help from somewhere else okay you can you can start the cam again tony so um that's that also you know it's dorinda's birthday too but the day after my birthday love on her send her to dubai you know all these weird and wonderful things love you guys i will see you tomorrow at 6 30 in the morning take care bye bye
anyone worthy? Is anyone home? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The light of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave. <laughs> is he worthy? Is he worthy of our blessing and honor and Floor is yours. 
Messiah, things change. When we call on Jaira, we know things change. When we call on Rafa, we know things change. Lift up your worship, lift up your worship, lift up your worship to the game changer. He's the name changer, he's the body changer, he's the mind regulator, he's the heart fixer. He'll change it, he'll change it. 